quiero levantar a ti mis manos, maravilloso Jesús, milagroso Señor, llenaste el lugar de tu presencia y has descender tu poder y los que están aquí creyó en ti Jesús. Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy of World Harvest Ministries and what a delight to come to you again on this now our eighth podcast. A platform Amen. where we discuss the current events, the prophetic times we're living and other things as God leads us to. And tonight on our program, today on our program, is joining us is Pastor Fernando. And would you please greet the people? Amen. It's an honor and a pleasure and a blessing to be once again here with uh, you gentlemen, uh, men of God. Uh, I am really excited uh, uh, for what the Lord has in store for us. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, the deeper things of God that uh, we will be talking about in this podcast. And uh, um, just looking forward to it. Praise God. Praise God. And also today uh, on the other line is Evangelist Marty Martinez. Brother Marty, would you please greet the people? Yes, I, uh, I echo what Pastor Fernando is saying. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege once again to come and, uh, and speak on the things of the Word of God. And I, too, have been looking forward to this as we transition uh, into now beginning to uh, explore the deeper uh, portions of Scripture that are dealing uh, with biblical prophecy. And um, not to say that we won't continue to uh, bring to you updates as as events warrant uh, and things occur across the, the face of the earth, whether they be celestial events or things that happen in the natural here on the planet Earth itself. But we are entering now into deeper studies of the Word of God, and uh, and we're excited to see uh, where the Spirit of God takes us. And we pray that it will be a blessing to those of you that are listening to our podcast, whether it be today or tomorrow or, or a month or, or months from now, uh, because the Word of God is current. So I'm excited and uh, looking forward to getting into this today. Amen. Amen. Man. Well, you know, we want to tell our audience, you know, to have your Bible today. Bring your Bible out. Take your notes. And, and, and really, if you have been listening to any of our podcasts, please, we want to remind you to study what we're telling you, to consider it, to study it. And I know it will bear witness in your heart. Today's topic uh, discussion comes, uh, it's going to be coming from the book of Revelation uh, 13. as Brother Fernando, Brother Marty have have, have spoken. Uh, we feel of the Lord to transition and to speak on the deeper things of, of prophecy, uh, the deeper things of God. And and today we want to uh, head that way today. And we want to come to you from, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be going into uh, the first verse of Revelation chapter 13. And I'm going to be reading it and then I'll be passing it on to you, men of God. The word of the, the word of the Lord says in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, 
and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the names of blasphemy. Brother Marty. Yes, uh, as we were saying, you know, we're going to begin with Revelation chapter 13, uh, which is a is a real comprehensive overview of basically the culmination of of human history, because ultimately what it leads to is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's important to to lay a little bit of a foundation as to how the book of Revelation came came to be uh, to begin with. You know, the if you don't mind, gentlemen, turning over there just to look real quickly, and those of you that are listening, if you have your Bibles, just go over to chapter one of of the book of Revelation, and we'll uh, get a, just a, we'll just read a couple of scriptures there, and then we'll begin to talk about uh, about what uh, what we're going to talk about today. Number one, beginning in chapter one, verse one, it says, "The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him." to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and he signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bore record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things which he saw. Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And then John goes on to say in verse, uh, I believe it is here, verse 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, I was in the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. One of the misnomers that people have is that the Revelation or the book of Revelation is the revelation of the Apostle John. But it's very important for us to understand that this is not John's revelation. This is, as we read in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is a revelation, as John told us, right, that was given to him from the Father God himself. So this revelation, or what it literally means, is a, is an unveiling or an opening of mm. of events that must come to pass. And we have a beautiful picture here because we know from Scripture that the Bible tells us that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. We're told in the Scripture that when he ascended into heaven, that he was seated on the right hand of the Father. And it is there that he ever lives to make intercession for you and for me. And when the book of Revelation was written, it was sometime around the year 95 or 96 AD. The emperor Domitian was in power. And the apostle John had been banished to an island, as we just quoted in verse 9, the island of Patmos. I find this to be extremely interesting because the word Patmos, literally its literal translation or its interpretation of the word Patmos, it means my killing or to be killed personally killed 
So it's very symbolic because as we go into the book of Revelation, we will we will begin to see that it is a conflict that begins to take place in the last days right. that will specifically come against the Jewish people and the body of Christ that are upon the face of the earth. So John is banished to this island that literally means my killing. And so there's an insight there uh, that I believe the Spirit of God uh, gives to us that we are to be prepared or are being prepared for what is about to transpire. As we read, it said that these things must shortly come to pass or must come to pass soon, that they would come to pass soon. And the book of Revelation basically covers uh, you know, the history of the time of John leading up to the very time that, that we're living in today. And so this is a revelation that was given to Jesus, not to John, but given to Jesus. And, and, and Jesus then sends, the Bible says, his servant to John. And in right. verse 2, as we read, right, in verse 2, he says, uh, John says, I bore record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. So John is basically saying, what I'm recording right now in the book of Revelation are the things that our Lord, our Savior, our King, Jesus himself, saw. The things that Jesus saw. I'll read that again. John says, I bear record, verse 2, chapter 1, book of Revelation, I bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. So literally when we're reading the book of Revelation, what we are reading is John is recording the vision and the things that Jesus himself saw. This is not some dream that John had. This is not some you know, spiritual experience of his own thoughts that he put down on word. He is literally saying that the entirety of the book of Revelation is that which was given to our Lord, to our Savior, Jesus. And he bore record of what Jesus himself has seen. The book of Revelation was given to our Lord and Savior directly from the Father. It is the Father that gave Jesus what we read in the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation. Now, this is important because, as we spoke about earlier, Jesus ever lives to make intercession for the church. And so right. in my you know, in my spirit, as I was, you know, have studied these things throughout the years, it's a very profound and powerful thing because we need to remember that at the time that this book was given to John uh, in, in 95, 96 AD, as we said, the emperor Domitian was in power. The church had been born on the day of Pentecost, probably at this point some 50 plus years earlier. And over that 50 years or so, the church would enter into tremendous persecution as they would come under the persecution of Nero in 66 AD, all the way leading up into Domitian, who would banish the apostle John to the island of Patmos. So the church was being persecuted. The Jews had been scattered to the four corners of the earth because we know through history that in the year 70 AD, Indeed, in fulfillment of the word of Almighty God, which he gave to Jesus on Mount of Olives, as, as is recorded in Matthew 24 and in Luke 21, he told them that the time was coming when the temple that was in Jerusalem would be completely and utterly destroyed. 
and that indeed came to pass in the year 70 AD, and the nation of Israel, as they had known it at that day, would come to an end. The temple would be completely and absolutely destroyed, and indeed over one million Jewish uh, brothers and sisters were crucified in the year 70 AD. Historians tell us that so violent and vicious was the crucifixion and the persecution and the destruction of the nation of Israel that over a million crosses were created in order to crucify the Jewish people as as the others of the nation fled for fear of their lives and scattered to the four corners of, of the world. Historians tell us that they literally had to import wood from as far away yes, as Lebanon. They ran out of trees. So, <laughs> they ran out of trees. This is the viciousness by which the spirit of Antichrist or the spirit of the devil came into the earth at that time and, and destroyed the nation. This was also, though, predicted by God through his prophets that the day would come when they would be scattered to the four corners of the world. And it was this particular event in 70 AD that brought it to absolute and complete fulfillment, as well as what the Lord told his disciples, as we have in previous podcasts discussed, that the disciples were marveling uh, the Passover week. They were marveling at the at the, the structures of the temple, the beauty of the temple, and they came to the Lord and, and you know asked him his opinion of the architectural splendor that they were witnessing. And Jesus takes them and leads them to the Mount of Olives, and from there he tells them, do you see all these stones? In, in referencing to the temple, he says, you see all these stones? He says, I tell you the truth that the day is coming when not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be torn down and thrown to the ground. Well, it would be 40 years later when that indeed would come to pass, as we were just speaking about. And in the year 70 AD, the great general of the Roman Empire, Titus, would come down and lay siege to Jerusalem in, in an over three-year period. I believe it was from the year 67 AD. Uh, and culminating up to uh, the year 70 AD, when indeed uh, they broke through finally into Jerusalem. And in in effect, they did, in fulfillment of the word of, of our Savior Jesus, tore down every single stone and burnt the temple to the ground, and the Jewish people were scattered to the four corners of the earth. At the same time now, we have had the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost. You can read that, those of you who, who, who want to study such things, you can go into the book of Acts and you can read in Acts chapter 1 and 2 of the account of the day of Pentecost. The Lord was asked by the apostle Peter after he rose from the dead, the question, he said, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? For you see, they were still looking for a Messiah that would come and overthrow Roman oppression at that time. And, and reinstitute the glory of, of Israel with, with Jesus sitting on the throne of David from Jerusalem. But Jesus said, it's, it's not given unto you to, to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own hands, but he says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me both here in Jerusalem and Judea and under the uttermost parts in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. And so, in effect... Uh, some 50 days after Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead, the day of Pentecost came, and as it's recorded in the book of Acts, they were all gathered in one place in the upper room in Jerusalem until there came a sound from heaven, which sounded like a mighty rushing wind, the Bible said. 
And right. it entered into the house where there were some approximately 120 believers. And the Bible says that cloven tongues of fire sat upon them, literally engulfing them. Uh, kind of like if you guys are, you guys remember the story of Moses when he went and uh, we're given an account in the book of Exodus that when God appeared to Moses in the wilderness, he appeared to him in, 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 uh, in the burning bush. And and yet the bush was not con- consumed, but the whole bush was 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 covered in the fire of God. Well, this is literally when you break down the words there, uh, what happened on the day of Pentecost, that when cloven tongues of fire sat upon the 120 that were gathered in the upper room, that's literally what happened. The fire descended and covered them from the head to the toe uh, with the fire of God, the glory of God, the spirit of God. And yet they were not consumed. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. It was then at that time, and this was approximately 9 o'clock in the morning on that day, that such a commotion took place uh, there where they were gathered near the temple that uh, the, the pilgrims that were there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost came running to see what the commotion was about. And they they heard men speaking in other languages uh, from the regions of the world where they had come from, and they did not understand what was, ta- what was taking place. And and uh, the apostle Peter um, stood up because the people began to accuse them of being drunk because they couldn't explain it any other way. And he said, uh, you know, you men of of, of Jerusalem, uh, you men of Israel, uh, these people are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And he goes on and on from there to 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 bring light and understanding as to what was actually taking place at that time. And this was the day that, for all intensive purposes, that the Christian church was born. So you have the Christian church now in existence, and you have an Israel that is just several years away from being destroyed, as we were talking about, in 70 A.D., and then you have the Jews being scattered to the four corners of the earth, but also you have a series of wicked Caesars who arose, Nero being probably the worst, and then Domitian, who was the one who had banished the Apostle John to the island of Patmos, instituted a a level of persecution against the church that was unrelenting. It was incredible because the Christians were being slaughtered by the hundreds of thousands. They were being made sport of in, in the Colosseums of Rome and in the arenas around the empire where they would use the Christians uh as as uh, as you know as fodder if you will for their own entertainment. Uh they would send them into the arenas to to, to be killed and, and, and brutally murdered uh by wild beasts and, and, and all kinds of things, forced to fight against Roman gladiators and of course they wouldn't and they would be slaughtered. So the church was under tremendous persecution at this time, the Jews being scattered to the four corners of the earth, and now the, the, the burgeoning Christian church is being slaughtered and persecuted with such a satanic venom that we come to the book of Revelation. This is at now 96 AD. And, and, and remember what we started talking out about, that Jesus himself is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding on behalf of his church. He's our great high priest, and we're told in the book of Hebrews that we don't have a great high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. Uh, infirmity. So we know, spiritually speaking, and because of what the Scripture says and because of the Savior that we serve, our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
that the agony of, of our high priest in witnessing the slaughter of his church upon the face of the earth caused an incredible interaction between the resurrected Christ in heaven himself, itself, seated at the right hand of the Father, as he begins to intercede for the generation of the church that is being slaughtered and martyred by the Roman Empire. Blood was being shed and spilled all over the empire as the church was being brutally persecuted under the uh, guidance of, of, that, uh, of the satanic spirit itself, that old dragon, the Bible calls him the serpent. And it's in this climate that Jesus begins to intercede for his church uh, to the Father. And the Father's response to Jesus at this, because now remember that we're being given an insight as to the interaction between the Father and the Son in heaven itself, in the very holy of holies itself in heaven. Jesus is placing a demand on the heart of the Father, saying, my church is being slaughtered. My people are being persecuted. The, uh, my brother, the Jews, have been scattered to the four corners of the earth. He's praying for us in heaven itself. And then mm. comes the response from the Father. And the response from the Father was the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants. That is how God answered Jesus. Brothers, consider this. Consider the depth of prayer and intercession and the level of intercession that we're, we're being given insight here and relationship between the Father and the Son. Because the depth of the type of intercession that was being made by our resurrected Savior, seated at the right hand of the Father on behalf of his persecuted church, and his brothers who had been scattered, the Jewish nation, through the four corners of the earth, the depth of the intercession that he was making on behalf of both of us necessitated a response from God Almighty to him. His response was 22 wow. chapters, 22 yeah. chapters long. That is, that is what we call the book of Revelation. This is what God revealed to Jesus. So while... Uh, the church is being persecuted and the Jews have been scattered to the four corners of the earth and, and Jesus is interceding on behalf of both the nation of Israel and the church, God's response to him is the unveiling or the book of Revelation and the 22 subsequent chapters that would follow leading up all the way to its conclusion where he basically is saying, yes, these things are going to come to pass and much will transpire but the conclusion of the matter is, is that death will be put down and there will be a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem that's coming. So while the church is experiencing this in the first century, it was only the beginning of the story. You know, the old timers used to say, uh, when the devil comes and reminds you of your, of your past, uh, stand up and remind <laughs> him of his future. <laughs> Amen. 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 So, yes. Amen. Like Amen. Jump in and Jump in and say, you know, whatever you want to say at this point. Um, what, what do you think, you know? No, no, no. That's an I mean, incredible I mean, background. Going, that, yeah, no, yeah. incredible background that you gave there. And it's, it's so true how, uh, uh, you know, classically it's taught that this is the revelation of John. But it's really the mm -hmm. revelation given to Christ that um, John records. And it gives yeah. new light to what the Apostle Paul said when he said to the Church of Corinth, for we, we have the mind of Christ. And yeah. and he entered literally into 
in, into uh, when he heard the voice that said, "Come up here." That he's literally entering into an, another dimension, uh, literally the mind of Christ, where he's able to extract. That's what really prayer is. It's 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 really able to extract that which is in the supernatural, so that it can be known in the natural, and, and ultimately right, declared. And it's it's it's, yes. it's, a, it's a deep level of intercession that I I honestly uh, few really know today. Few really know today, yeah. but it, it, it's so amazing um, the the type of prayer. Number one, he finds himself in Patmos, you know, for, uh, for preaching the gospel. They're trying to shut him up. Uh, yeah. They they initially tried to boil him in in, in hot oil, and he didn't die. Uh, the apostle didn't die. Uh, the apostle John, and now he finds himself. Uh, you know, at the end of his life, but receiving uh, the greatest revelation, because it ultimately is the revelation of Christ. It's the revealing of Christ. It's his second coming. You know, yes. and he he writes it down and 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 he gives it to us, uh, the church. Uh, no incredible background. Go ahead, brother. Yes, brother Jeremy, you have anything you'd like to add to that? I just want to just quickly add. This is a tremendous foundation you have laid. Uh, concerning um, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, a response. I was writing, I was taking notes as you were writing, you know, the book of Revelation is a response of the Father to his son, Jesus. The depth of intercession Jesus made that made the Father respond back to him. That's powerful, brother. And I think that gives us a tremendous insight on, on, and a look at what is taking place uh, in the spirit realm. Yes, and, and, and it's interesting we're talking about intercession now because if you think about when you go into the, the writings of the prophets, uh, basically, and I'm thinking of, of Daniel as I'm, as I'm talking right now, many times is recorded in the book of Daniel where he would receive a vision uh, from the Lord uh, in the night season, and, and then he right, would begin right. to set himself to, right to intercede and to pray in order to understand uh, what it was that he was being uh, shown. And so we're talking about a level of spiritual um, insight that's given to us by the Holy Spirit of the connection uh, that, that, is, that is made between the, the prophet and his relationship with God, and, uh, and, and in this case, between the resurrected Son of the living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ, interceding on behalf of, of his church and and the nation of Israel that had been scattered to the four corners of the world, tapping into the heart of God. You remember when Jesus uh, the, revealed to to us all, to, as we have in Scripture, but also to his apostles, what he, when he told them uh, that no man knows the day and the hour uh, except for the Father. That the Father had kept these things to Himself, yeah. and He even said while He was on His earthly ministry that He Himself at that time, didn't know. He said, only yeah, my right. Father in heaven knows. So right. he, one thing that Jesus was revealing there is that, yes, there's information, but I don't even have access to it yet as he was upon the face of the earth. He said, not the angels. He said, not even myself. He said, only the Father. He says, the Father has withheld a particular set of facts and information as to what would be the future unfolding plan and how it would come to pass uh, in the days that would would transpire. And really, uh, as we're alive today, it's been, you know, two millennial or 2,000 years since he made those statements. 
So we yeah. know that the Father himself kept things. So when Jesus is resurrected, and then he's seated at the right hand of the Father, as we were just discussing, he now begins to go after that information. He goes after it in, his, in, in fulfilling his duties as the great high priest and begins to intercede in a depth that is beyond our ability to really comprehend. But, I mean, he goes at it at a depth in a relationship with his father. It blows my mind, man, that the response uh, to Jesus' intercession is 22 chapters long. I mean, that that kind of interaction between father and son is also really meant to be instructional to us. And number one, to show us how far short we fall when we enter into our prayer life. You know, how far mm-hmm. are, are we falling short of what is made available to us as to the kind of depth we can enter in to, to uh, having relationship with God and, uh, and and interacting with God, and not only just interacting and praying and interceding, but also the example that our Savior gives us of being in a spiritual position to receive the Father's response to us. And and we see the incredible, uh, you know, uh, aspect of, of our Savior's personality that he was able to receive 22 chapters of the book of Revelation in response to his prayer. Now, John says that he bears record of the word of God and and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and begins to write down, he says in verse 2, all the things that he saw. So what we're reading in the book of Revelation are the things that Jesus himself saw. No one else. Jesus saw these things, right? And then we're told that he, he dispatches a messenger, or as the King James calls it, an angel comes. And he and he he sends him to to John, and the angel begins to tell him what he was told by the Lord Jesus Christ about all the things that he saw, and and what he saw was the twenty two chapters of the Book of Revelation, which culminates, as we said, uh, in the glorious declaration that that there's coming a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. There's coming a time when all death and evil and dictators and despots and and all enemies of God and all whoremongers and all liars and thieves and murderers and all who make a lie and all who oppose all that is good and holy and true will be put down. And and so when the Lord reveals these things, he sends his messenger to John and John says, what I'm actually writing are the things that our Lord and Savior himself has seen and has been shown uh, to him by his father. And he sends the angel or the messenger from heaven to come to John and, and, to, and to have him record, thank God, the very thing that we're now beginning to study, the book of Revelation. So, Brother Barty, I have a question. Yes, sir. So, yes. as you were talking about Jesus, um, after the resurrection, he is our intercessor, you know, yes. going after knowing the times from the Father. The Father responds to him. Do you see a parallel there with you know, I, I just, the first thing that came to my mind, brother, was the prayer of Daniel when he prayed yes. for 21 days, yes. you know, seeking for an answer of the end time. I, I don't know, that, that's just what came to my mind as, as as you were speaking, a parallel, the depth of prayer of Daniel and yes. seeking God 21 days. Well, that's and, when God, and, you know, finally the angel yeah. appeared to him. 
That's right. And that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. And that's an excellent example because, uh, and we can look at that, uh, you know, as we go on in the days to come in our podcast and things that really go over that, but it's a profound thing that was revealed there. And it's an excellent point that you brought up because that's exactly what happened. Daniel receives a vision. We're talking again in the spirit of what we're talking about here of inter- intercession, interaction with, with the father himself and the ability to have things unlocked because the scripture mm-hmm. has plainly revealed to us. Our Savior has plainly taught us that there are things that remain within the uh, heart of the Father himself. I have no other way to describe this. So, you know, we're we're limited because we're, you know, we're human, but, uh, you know, and and we search for words. But there are within – the Bible talks about that God works all things after the counsel of his own will. So how God processes information, how God the Father thinks the plans and the purposes of God, all of them he reserves the right to keep to keep within himself. But there comes times where, because we know from the example of Scripture, that, that we put a demand on the Father in order to, to access that information that he is holding, and he decides when the time and the season is that he will reveal it. Now, Daniel sets himself to pray, as Pastor Jeremy brought out, which is an excellent example, because he received a vision that he could not understand. And so he begins to pray and ask the Father God, much in the way that Jesus is praying in the opening verse of the book of Revelation, answers to questions uh, that he has. And as you pointed out, the Bible teaches us that it took 21 days for the answer to come. But what's interesting as it, as it regards to, to, the, to the prophet Daniel, but what's interesting in that story is that we're told when the answer finally comes, it is the archangel Gabriel who comes and, and reveals to Daniel what it is that he was uh, seeking answers for. And what Gabriel tells Daniel is that the very moment that you began to pray, I was sent. It wasn't like Daniel had to wait 21 days and then God decided to uh, give him the information. He says, the very moment that you prayed, the answer was given, and I, I came to bring it to you. But then the archangel reveals something incredibly profound to us. He says, I was resisted. There was a war. There was a war wow. in that unseen dimension of the eternal realm to prevent the information from coming into the earth. And wow. he says that he be, he also goes on to reveal the archangel Gabriel reveals to Daniel and says, I needed assistance from the archangel Michael, as we're told in scripture, to come and help uh, fight against the principality or the demonic power that was attempting mm-hmm. to prevent me uh, from bringing you the answer that was given the very moment that you began to pray. And at that moment, the Archangel Gabriel revealed to us that there are principalities, there are powers, there are demonic rulers over particular regions and geographical locations on the planet Earth that they attempt to keep us from having the revelation of God brought to us. And when the Archangel came uh, to bring the answer to Daniel's prayer, uh, he says he was withstood. So there's a battle between the the prayer, the answer of the prayer, and the revelation of eternal things being brought into the realm of time and space. And when the archangel Michael comes, as the archangel Gabriel revealed to Daniel, he begins to fight against this demonic entity. 
And literally, it, we are told he created an opening or a portal, if you will, uh, between the supernatural and the natural, whereby the angel Gabriel could come into the earth realm and then begin to reveal to Daniel uh, that which he sought to understand. So we're talking about something here that is incredible in its implication. But what's, what's, what's beautiful to me and what is so profound to me is that Jesus, when he prayed, mm -hmm. had already been to Calvary had suffered uh, cruelly at the hands of both the Jew and the Gentile alike and was, and, and, and was crucified on, on, on Golgotha's hill. But it was there that we are told in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, I believe, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might absolutely destroy the works of the devil. So one of the works of the devil we know from what we were just discussing in the book of Daniel is to keep eternal things from manifesting themselves in the natural world. And when Powerful. Jesus died on, on Calvary and, and spent that six hours on the cross, much was happening, much was taking place. But we, but we know what was, it, it, the ultimate thing that was happening was the works of the devil, the resistance of the devil, the conflict uh, uh, that, he, that he exhibits towards preventing or attempting to prevent the will of God from being accomplished all of it was absolutely 100% undeniably destroyed by the great power of the Lord Jesus Christ as he willingly laid down his life in obedience to the Father. So now when Jesus is praying in, in the opening of the book of Revelation and interceding on behalf of the nation of Israel that was scattered and on the church that was being persecuted at that time and, and horribly, like we said, in the Colosseums of Rome, there is no longer a wait time. There is no longer a resistance. Nothing could prevent the answer from coming because the price had been paid. And that particular aspect of the power that once the devil himself had to resist was no longer there. And God instantly responds to the Lord uh, on behalf of his intercession uh, for his people Israel and for, for the church. And he gives him the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation, and he and he sends the messenger, it says. He said, let's read this again. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must soon or shortly come to pass. And, and, he, and, and, and this is what I love about the Lord. It says, as soon as he receives this revelation from the Father, it says, and he sent and signified it by his angel. So we see the progression of how information is now being disseminated into the earth to the people of God through their Savior, our great champion. And he doesn't wait a week. He doesn't wait a month. He doesn't have to resist anything for 21 days. As soon as he received the complete revelation, he sends the answer uh, to, to John. He sends the angel to him to begin to, to, uh, to reveal to him the 22 chapters of, of the book of Revelation. And, and John goes wow. on to say that I, I bear record of this word of God. I bear record of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. So, so everything that we are going to get into here in the next coming days and, and, and weeks, everything that is recorded in the book of Revelation is literally step by step, moment by moment, day by day, month by month, year by year, century by century, millennial by millennial, 
all of it was revealed to the Lord Jesus Christ by his Father. And and we read this and have this recorded in these 22 chapters. This is what was given to John. And he says, Jesus saw all these things, and I'm simply the conduit by which it is now being recorded in the earth. And John, as you pointed out, Brother Fernando, is on the island of Patmos when this occurs, banished to that place because of his faith and his preaching of the Word of God. Now, <laughs> not to become, you know, uh, not to get on my soapbox here as a preacher, but but preacher, if you're out there right now, if there has if there's no resistance in the spirit to that which you're declaring then I would have right. to really seriously reflect as to whether you're truly declaring the Word of God or not. Because the power mm. of the gospel that was proclaimed by the Apostle John was so powerful that the mighty Roman Empire itself felt intimidated by it and tried to banish <laughs> the go. old prophet, you know, to an <laughs> island. We got him, right? We got him. We can put him over there. He won't cause any trouble. Well, all you did, sir, was make a way for the 22 chapters of the book of Revelation to be brought into the earth, which ultimately is that which declares the destruction of everything that has ever opposed the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and ultimate victory that is coming in the distant future. And we receive comfort in the words uh, of, of chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, these things must shortly come to pass, or must soon come to pass. I love the word must. It's it's an absolute. It's not a maybe. It's not a, I hope it's going to happen. It's not a you know if all the conditions are right. No no no. It is. It must come to pass. It will come to pass, and it is coming to pass. And so, what a powerful insight, and what a powerful uh, opening we have to the Book of Revelation. For it gives us, uh, like I said, the insight, and it sets the tone for what's about to follow. And so that's where, you know, we have jumped forward to Revelation 13, because we believe, as we get into it, that we have reached that point in the prophetic sure. scriptures where what we're about to discuss um, is is already begun. We are well along in the fulfillment of the very things which Jesus saw and he gave to John, and we are now uh, the beneficiaries of it. And before I, I stop so that, you, so that you can say something here... Uh, <clears throat> Remember, as we approach the near the ending of the book of Daniel, uh, there came a time where Daniel saw a vision of the last days, and if correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the only time in the book of Daniel. Oh, and by the way, let me interject this, as you all well know. I challenge you that are listening out there, as as we get into these studies and on your own to study these things, the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, they're companion scriptures. In other words, Absolutely. you can under, right? You can understand the book of Revelation even much more better if you understand the book of Daniel, because the two are connected. And much of what Daniel had revealed to him is actually revealed in the book of Revelation, but enlarged even to a greater extent. And so when Daniel reaches nearing the end of his life, he's given another piece or component to the prophetic puzzle as it relates to the last days and the culmination of, of this age of human history that will occur in the last days. And he does not understand what it is that he's being shown. And as was Daniel's custom, he begins to intercede. He begins to pray. He begins to fast. He begins to cry out to God in order to understand what it is that he's being shown. And we're told in the scripture that, that, at, that, that this time, 
when the angel Gabriel came, he tells Daniel that it, it that he was not going to be allowed to understand what it is that he was what it was seeing as he was nearing the end yeah. of his life and his ministry. The angel, as a matter of fact, tells him, Daniel, you write it all down. But then he tells him, seal up the book, Daniel. You seal it up. Close the book because it's not time for what was shown you to be understood. And then he says, because it is reserved for a future generation. He said, it shall be understood and it shall be unlocked. He said, but it shall not be understood until the latter years or the last time when what? When travel and education shall be vastly mm -hmm. increased. And so he, pre he predicted and prophesied that the generation that would actually begin to have the ability to unlock what, what would be mysteriously withheld from all the generations preceding it would be a generation that would experience an explosion in, in, in the mode of transportation that men had, or uh, and, and really you can say it this way, a technological scientific explosion would take place upon the yeah. face of a future generation. Transfer Travel. of information. Yes. And uh, yes, and knowledge, uh, education, that which uh, which mankind is able to acquire, understand and, and, and assimilate. So in other words, and you know what, brothers, I read a statistic the other day that all the knowledge of recorded history and all the scientific knowledge that we have gained uh, since recorded history uh, that we know of to this point, uh, all of it, all of it um, has uh, uh, has. <laughs> Has has come to the place now. Let me how do I say this the right way? In our generation, everything that has ever been known by mankind uh, has has come to be understood in our generation now, and that the knowledge that we are acquiring and the scientific breakthroughs that we are experiencing are doubling. Everything that can be known is doubling every eighteen months. Every year wow. and a half, every everything that's ever been known is actually doubling wow. and increasing. So my point is this. This is the signpost that we have that lets us know that we are that generation that has the promise that was given that we can approach these scriptures that are mysterious to most people and, and understand them. Because that is what God said through his archangel to Daniel. You seal up the book, Daniel, for it shall not be understood until the last times when travel and education shall be vastly increased. He didn't say it would never be understood. He said it would be understood, but it would be understood at a particular point in human history in the far distant future. Brothers and sisters and those of you that are listening to us out there, we have come to that time now. Because we are able now to simply open the book and compare what is taking place in the course of human events as we find ourselves alive now in the 21st century and we are able to see this is exactly what the scripture was talking about that which has been hidden from the ages that which was hidden from our brothers and sisters from the beginning of the church on the day of pentecost as we started talking about earlier down through the centuries and the millennial leading up to our generation all that that was hidden is now being made available and open to those who have a desire and a hunger to find it out Somebody jump in there. Brother Marty, you know, uh, Matthew 24, actually Jesus himself, in speaking about the end times, refers to yeah. the book of Daniel and and tells us to read it. That's, That's right. Uh, well, uh, so what does he say there, brother? He says, let him that readeth what? 
Go ahead. Hey, let him understand. Yes. I got to hear him. Yes, yes. So even Jesus himself gave us a clue. He says, because, you know, in Matthew 24, he's dealing with, with the end times, the signs. Even Jesus yes. himself tells us, read the book of Daniel. If you yes. want to understand, it, he, who, shall, who shall read it, let him understand. And so, you know, that, just to go powerful. with what you were saying. Yeah, see, that declaration there, and, and then, Fernando, you, I know you got something to say. He says, let him understand. The fact that that declaration was made by our Lord, it gives eternal permission, if you will. It forces an opening in the spirit for what he declared to come to pass. So he says, let him understand. That, that's like a, hello, that's like a divine permission uh, uh, and, and a divine key that, is, that has been set in motion in order for us to understand that which was previously mysterious. Go ahead, Brother Fernando. No, it's, uh, you know, and, and the Lord also says, in this gospel concerning what we're talking about here, what Daniel spoke about concerning the last days, and uh, yes. this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all Praise the God. world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Um, when you were talking about how, uh, you know, the, the Lord told Daniel that at the end of time, it would be an explosion of travel and the transfer of information, knowledge, and science. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's very obvious that we're here. You know, uh, you look at, uh, you know, uh, what's taking place around the world, how, you know, we can catch everything that happens on television through the news. And I was reminded uh, of, uh, of a dream my father had when he was a young man. And this dream, he said that in his dream, uh, he saw like a news set, you know, like like a reporter about to report the news. It was this, in this big set, and there was cameras. There was a camera that was facing uh, this particular person, a bean. He said it was a, a, a bean that shined like the sun, and he was getting ready to report the news to the whole world. And he said wow. that this, this bean... Uh, took the set, sat, sat on the desk, and he began to start the, the, uh, the news by saying, ladies and gentlemen, the beginning of the end is at hand. My Lord. Wow. And, and it, reminds, it reminds me of what, what, uh, what, it reminded me of what you were saying, that we are that generation, brother, that, that yeah. the Lord was speaking of who these things will be unlocked to. Uh, we're we're a privileged generation, a privileged generation to be able to see things that the prophets desire to see. Amazing, great scripture. Even Daniel yeah. wasn't able to see uh, uh, right. what we're seeing right now or understand it. You know, well, amazing. Fernando, quote that. I know you know it. To quote it to us uh, when he told them, "Blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see." We quote that scripture because that's what you're saying, I'll right? Look for it. I want to quote it yeah, right. He said, he, yeah, he said, blessed are the eyes that see the things that you see, and blessed are the ears that hear the things that you hear. For I tell you, he said, that many prophets desire to see the things which you are now seeing, and they were not yes. able to, right? That's what you're saying. Right. Uh, yes. That was, yeah. Go ahead. No, um, 
And I also want to make the point because we're talking. You, you're mentioning. You mentioned earlier. I'll digress a little bit. Uh, how how Jesus Himself uh, did not have uh, information uh, because the Father had not given it to Him, um, and yeah. it was revealed to Him. And that's what we have here: uh, the response of the uh, of the Father to the intercession of Christ. So it tells oh us God. there that the greatest type of prayer is. Uh, prophetic in nature mm, that's a great point remember yeah. jesus said this jesus said this uh, he prayed let, let let your will be done on earth we're talking yeah. about the natural now as it already yeah. is in the supernatural or in heaven yeah. in heaven so he, he's really praying down he's saying lord uh Unlock the things that are in the spirit realm so they they can be manifested on the earth, yeah. and that's really what the whole book of Revelations is about. It's yeah. the unlocking of the of the of, of the spirit realm, literally yeah. spilling over into the natural realm. Goodness, praise God! You know uh, what's interesting too, as we get into the book of Revelation, we'll notice that. It's circular in in nature, in the way that it unfolds, in the way that the Father gave it to Jesus, because you'll notice, like, once we get to, let's say, the fifth or the sixth chapter, um, it appears that all things have culminated, that, that, that the enemies of God have been put down, and that we have reached the point where um, we now have entered into the eighth day, if you will, or, or the new heavens and the new earth. And and that occurs within the first five chapters, five, six chapters of the book of Revelation. But then we get to chapter six, chapter seven, and it's as if it starts all over again. And we begin to have other things revealed to us, and it's circular in nature, and it comes to a culmination again. And then it enlarges again as we enter into like chapter 10, 11, 12, 13. It begins to expand again. And then we go on into chapters 14, 15, 16, 17, and it even gets larger again until we come to chapter 19, 20, 21, and 22, which is the absolute culmination. So it appears that the book itself, as Jesus has had it revealed to us, is is showing us that that it, it, it would be through the course of human history that these events would take place. Because many times I believe now this is this is my opinion, but as I read it and have come to read it over the years, that and my wife pointed this out to me. She she uh, she studied this book extensively as well, and she believes and I concur with her that that uh, you know the plagues and the and the vials and the bowls and the wars and all the things that are revealed in the subsequent chapters that that come into the Book of Revelation, that it that it that it is not for one particular time. Uh, where all these events would take place, but that it is literally an unfolding of history itself leading up to the ultimate culmination of the new heavens and the new earth. So in other words, all that we have witnessed since the first century AD, you know, going through the, through, you know, Constantine becoming the emperor, the emperor in, in the third century. And, 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 and then ultimately the, the, uh, the destruction of the Roman Empire, and then we're going into the Dark Ages, and you know you've heard of things like the Black Plague, and all these things where over a third of the known population of the world of that day, uh, in in that portion of the world was you know died and suffered from plagues and earthquakes and 
you know, you have things like uh, Pompeii, you know, great uh, volcanic eruptions that literally wiped out cities. And so what, we were, what we're witnessing is the unfolding of history of over a 2,000-year period. So it's quite conceivable, but the book of Revelation was literally, as Jesus gave it to us, revealing to us what would transpire in history all through the last 2,000 years. So rather than looking at it as only taking place in, let's say, a three-and-a-half-year right. period, Good point. Good point. Right? it's something that has been ongoing for for the last 2,000 years. Yeah, I'll and give you an example, it, it, okay? Go ahead. Yes. Uh, you can finish that thought, but... We know there is going no, to be no, no, a man ahead. of sin at the end. There is going to be a man of sin at the end of time, uh, yes. the Antichrist. But yes. uh, you're talking about uh, it's 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 some it's, prophecy is circular. It's it it, it yes. replays itself throughout history. It's a cycle. Uh, we know a cycle. Yes, a cycle. Yes. We know that there's been other types of Antichrist throughout history. Uh, there you go. Hitler. Hitler was a type of yes. Antichrist. You know, uh, Antiochus, which Daniel spoke about, um, yes. and Daniel chapter, another type of uh, uh, Antichrist, Pharaoh, a type of Antichrist. So we yes. see that prophecy, and this is this is something that is not taught to to uh, believers. They they only see prophecy as you know eschatology as as uh, referring to the end of time, um, but yes. it's really. It's really playing out because remember the Bible says uh, the prophet Isaiah said he declares the end from the beginning, uh, right. the beginning from the end. So prophecy uh, replays itself. We see types and shadows of it throughout history. So you're exactly right when you say that the Book of Revelation, your wife as well, um, it's it's history. We're seeing uh, the course of history in, in types and shadows playing out. And of course, we're yeah. we're going to see uh, these things take place at the end of time. For sure, and that's that's profound what you're saying there. You know, uh, because you mentioned Hitler, you mentioned uh, you even went all the way back to Pharaoh, the the Apostle John, who's the one who Nimrod, the, the Nimrod, right, another one, Nimrod, all the way to the Tower of Babel. You know, uh, yes, uh, which is early on, right? What well, right. think of that right there? I mean, Nimrod, you just mentioned him. What was that all about, right? He builds a tower uh, that reaches up into heaven. And literally, when you get into the words there, it, it literally means a portal. That Nimrod constructed a tower, uh, and, and what he was endeavoring to do was to reopen an access point that would allow demonic entities to re-enter the earth as they once were prior to the flood of Noah. This is what he was trying to do. And he's an antichrist. He he is a type of the one, that wicked one that was yet to come. Uh and and you're correct. Now remember, the Apostle John is the one who's recording the vision that Jesus was given uh, to uh, to by the Father. And it's interesting that it is also the Apostle John in the epistles where he says, uh, uh, you know, my sons, my daughters, uh, to paraphrase what he was saying, he goes, uh, you already know that there has been many antichrists, right? Good Plural. Point. Right, right. Right? So he he himself is teaching us that that history itself would would as brother Jeremy was just talking about it's a cycle and where it, it, over the course of you know uh seasons and days and years if you will um there will there has always arisen antichrist like figures and and there has been throughout the course of the last 2000 years over the course of human history over the last 2000 years 
despots and dictators that have ruled and sought to dominate the world. Uh, ultimately, each and every one of them failed, but they are, as John would teach us, uh, types of the ultimate one that's coming. And, yes. and isn't it interesting that, that the world would be plunged into these horrible uh, events, historically wars and famines and pestilences, uh, great leaders that would rise up uh, with great viciousness throughout the last 2,000 years, like you pointed out, like a Hitler or like a, like a Napoleon you know, or or sure. even the emperor, uh, uh, the emperors, and 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 we can just go down through the history. But you'll see the, the cycle. These types of individuals, antichrist, have risen. The world finds itself in a chaotic state, but then it comes to a conclusion, and then there's always like a a brief uh, r- r- reprieve, if you will, where humanity would accelerate. You remember the in our history books, we're, we're, they they talk to us about the dark ages, right? Well, the reason that they're called the Dark Ages is because it was during that time that there was no open vision, that the Word of God had been removed and and access to it had been removed uh, by a a Roman papacy, if you will, what would become known as the Roman Catholic Church. It removed the ability of the people to have access to the Word of God, and these Antichrist-type figures, which I call the Popes, (laughs) which is very (laughs) controversial, I know, but... uh, Sent yes. the world into absolute darkness. Now it, right. it, it wasn't. It wasn't until the then we end up in the uh, what they call the Renaissance period. But what drove the Renaissance period? It was the invention of the printing press, and 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 the uh, and and suddenly the pr- the very first thing that was printed on the printing press and the man who invented it was named Gutenberg. Uh, the very first thing that was printed was the Holy Bible. And suddenly the Bible was able to be distributed on a mass basis and the word of God was given into the hands of of people and those that could read. Uh, And suddenly we go from the dark ages to what they call the Renaissance period, right? The word of God comes into the earth and suddenly there's great enlightenment, great inventions. You got guys like Da Vinci and the great artists, you know, like Raphael and Michelangelo and all these. Suddenly we have great artistic expression. The word of God is growing. On and on and on until again it recycles itself and 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 we see other antichrist figures evolve and so it is a circular thing. But what has been happening over the last two thousand years is it's ultimately, as the book predicted, it is leading us to the very one, the one that the Book of Revelation uh, reveals to us is not one of many antichrists, but is the antichrist. Right. himself yes that wicked one who will stand up and literally is is the spawn of the devil himself he is the he's the son of satan if you will uh, he is that one that will that will seek to rule and dominate the entirety of the world that is what the book of revelation chapter 13 is speaking about and uh, go ahead right. no Absolutely. we can even go back not, not just history, but you can even go back to the beginning uh, uh, in heaven when uh, the the um, rebellion of Satan, that's the Antichrist. I mean, it, it happened there first. You know, he deceived yes. one third. You know, so yes. we, we can trace it back all the way. To the yeah, and, that's, and that's what it's boiling down to in Revelation 13, because many people forget that... Uh, the, the this whole thing started before me and you were ever created. 
Uh, there's there's things in scripture that that, that allude to uh, events that took place before the creation of the of, of this world as we know it, um, and that is of course you read in scripture the the the, the rebellion of Satan with uh, with a, with a third part of the angels of God, um, and so the the book of Revelation it's it's the unfolding of that mystery or uh, you know, it's 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 always been a mystery, right? We always we've always asked the question, you know, what is God up to? Why right. why has He allowed all these thousands of years to uh, go by? And what is what is His master plan? What is as the Apostle Paul called it, His eternal purpose? Mm-hmm. What is He up yeah. to? What is taking place? Well, uh, it's it's a struggle uh, between. Good and evil, right? Uh, you, I remember you preached on it, Brother Marty, uh, from Revelations chapter twelve, and it, and it struck me when when you uh, uh, you preached uh, out of Revelation twelve, where it says, "And there was war in heaven." In and, yes, and then and then it, it, it boggled my mind because you you stopped for a moment and you were like, "That, that doesn't make sense, right?" Because when you think <laughs> of heaven, that's the last place. You you, yeah. you would you would think you would find war, but right. the Bible says it there. There was war in heaven, and that's where it first began. And 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 so really, the book of Revelations, all twenty two chapters, is really the history from the fall of Satan down yes. to yes. The, the age of human history to mm, the very end of time. And can I throw something Revelation in here? That... Well, Revelations, yeah, go ahead, brother. No, no, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt your thought. Go ahead. Revelation 12. No, no. Uh, in Revelations 12, uh, let me just read it. Uh, yes. The the, the, the the book of Revelation alludes to, to Satan as that serpent, the serpent who was in the Garden of Eden. Uh, so it even goes back to the Garden of Eden, but we're saying that the book of Revelation is... Uh, the history from the fall of Satan uh, all the way down to the end of time. It says, uh, and there was war in heaven. This is Revelations 12, verse 7. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and fought against his angels. Now, I would say that's when the rebellion took place. And yeah. please do not. But it's a, it's an ongoing war. It, did, it, it yeah. it's a continuous war, and and you bore, uh, you brought out in in the book of Daniel how uh, there, there was war. Uh, well, there was a fight taking place uh, between uh, between angels, good and bad, right? It says, and prevailed yeah. not, neither was mm-hmm. their place found any more in heaven, and the great dragon was cast out. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, pause pause for a second. Where you wrote, where you read, and prevailed not. Uh, the actual you can it's actually interpreted to say uh and he did not win that's what that literally means he did not win yes. so we're talking about a battle that had winners and losers a battle that yes. raged in the eternal realm of, of of eons before as you're pointing out so beautifully there that and the declaration is made that he did not win that that that, that he was overcome and and as and as we were talking as you were talking about earlier, it blew my mind when I when I read that when I was a young man, uh, that there was war in heaven, as you pointed out, because you know, when we think of heaven we think of 
you know, that absolute state of perfection and peace. Course, but what's right. being right? But what's being revealed to us is extraordinary. The implications of what the scripture is actually telling us is so beyond anything I've ever heard in Sunday school, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, let, right. let, let alone from me. I, I actually really right. have never heard any right. any of this kind of preaching anywhere, you know, from the pulpits across our nation. You don't hear this kind of stuff, but 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 God uh, revealed it to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ reveals it to His uh, messenger. The messenger reveals it to John, and we're told that there was a literal conflict. And you said it earlier yes. before we ever existed, before there was ever a human being right. uh, in time and space. This conflict is raging. In, for lack of a better word, the spirit realm or the eternal realm, the dimension where God is, there was a war. My God, you know. You know, you know I, I, I think it's important too to to for our listeners to understand. And correct me if I'm wrong, but nothing that happens, whatever happens on the earth, first happened in heaven. In other words, nothing happens here that that hasn't already happened in heaven. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Like, you know, no, now we understand, for, for example, the prayer of Jesus Christ is, let your will be done as it is in heaven, let it yeah. be done on earth. So earth. that's a principle to understand and nothing is happening by chance, surprise. It's already happened. You know, for example, yeah. verses like, you know, a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And yeah. uh, so, so these things that that we're seeing really already took place. Even though we look at them as futuristic, they really, and you know, we're talking about the principle of prophecy, which is a cycle. It really already happened. <laughs> you yeah, know, it, it just has. it hasn't poured out into the natural. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was about to point out. There's a great there's a great preacher by the name of uh, Dr. Mark Handy, and one of the statements he made that I heard when I was a young man in my early 20s that always stuck with me. He said that, that time and space, or the natural realm that we find ourselves in, time and space, is the landing pad for the for the purposes of eternity. Wow. So when it comes into the earth, it manifests, but in essence has already existed. And that opens up an incredible theological concept. That, <laughs> you know, what's time and space and so forth and so on. So we don't want to go way out there. But, right. but keep going, Brother Fernando, because what you're talking about is so profound. What I was going to say earlier, then I'll let you speak here, is that, is that, is that I believe that art, culture, uh, uh, what we're witnessing today in, in cinema, uh, those kinds of things, you know, the movies, uh, there, there, there's so many movies that are being made that that talk about other realms, that talk about conflicts. There, there's one that's coming up right now uh, in December uh, that's about to be released. Uh, everybody's that knows this franchise, uh, the Star Wars franchise, and that whole right. that whole pre premise of that movie is a conflict between light and darkness that's taking place. And this new movie, yeah. I saw the trailer of it the other day, is is incredibly um, powerful. Uh, the imagery and, and the storyline is talking about the great struggle between uh, evil and, and, and good uh, that, that's raging in this, you know, mythological world that they've created. But but in essence, it's interesting that these things are coming out, which the whole world will see, 
these types of expressions in cinema, in art, in books, in, in documentaries, all these things um, are being discussed in our time uh, as, as if, um, it's almost as if yeah. <laughs> the reality of what's actually taking place is actually, you know, manifesting itself in, in our culture, in our art, in our music, in everything. Go ahead. No, that's powerful. It seems like uh, the world has a, a better clue to these things than most of the church world. Um, and like you said, it's not your your uh, classical way of teaching prophecy, but if we, we have to understand, again, the Apostle Paul told us not to be ignorant concerning the spirit. Right? He says, for we wrestle not against mm-hmm. flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of darkness, of this world. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a in, in Ephesians. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, I'm gonna I'm turn there, but if one of you guys could pick up chapter, with the conversation there. Chapter three. Is that what you're talking? Yes, I was gonna. Yeah, I pull it up right here. Um, mm-hmm. I got it right here. Uh, he, he says something very interesting. Uh, he says this. And to uh, Ephesians three verse nine, and to make all men see, to to unlock spiritual things so that men can see, right? Mm-hmm. What is the fellowship fellowship of the mystery? Because the whole book of Revelation is the mystery of the ages revealed, yeah. revealed. which from the beginning of the world. See, so the, 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 this issue takes back takes place before the. The world was even created before mankind was created. Had been, yeah, and, had been and, hid. And, Go ahead, and, no, I was just going to say the word. The word "world" there is is not only speaking of of of, of the history of mankind, but it's it's the cosmos itself, the universe yes. itself. Go ahead. Yeah. So you were talking about that uh, the mystery or the Book of Revelation was God's reply to the intercession of of his son Jesus uh, and in here again there's proof that uh, uh, this information that is being revealed to Christ and that uh, the Apostle John uh, bears record of and 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 gives to the church was hidden God God the Father yes. it says which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent there is an intent to everything God does the now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. This is the, the realm of the spirit with, with all the principalities and powers that uh, that rule there and that dwell there might yeah. be known by the church. The manifold yeah. wisdom of God. That's a powerful statement right there. Uh, yes, and then he goes on in verse 11 to say what? That this is according, what? According to... What? The eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And and, and what and that what the that's <laughs> go ahead. It's just incredible ahead, what he means. Well, no, it's just I mean it's incredible what's being said there, because uh, what the Apostle Paul is actually revealing is that a rearranging of how the mystery would be declared took place as a result of the resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when, as a result of that resurrection, 
a new creature was created, which we call the church. The meshing of Jew and Gentile into one new man, filled with the spirit of Almighty God. And as you were as you were just quoting there, listen to what he says again. He says, uh, let's read verse 8. Unto me, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8. Unto me, that's the Apostle Paul talking, who am less than the least of all saints, is this, saint, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? And then he says what? And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to this intent, or to the intent that now, unto principalities and powers in the heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold mm. wisdom of God. So what he's literally saying is that 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 the principalities and the powers in the heavenly realm are now going to receive prophetic unveiling and declaration of their ultimate coming judgment and wow. that, that that declaration and 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 that unveiling is going to pour forth through the members of the church and and that the members of the church are going to become the preachers that declare things to the unseen world the manifold wisdom of god or the multi-dimensional wisdom of god is now uh, being brought forth into the earth and declared into the spirit realm against these principalities and powers that have resisted God. The very ones that you talked about that were warring against Michael in, in Revelation chapter 12, that it is now the, 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 the mission of all of us, you know, whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, or just a member of the body of Christ, each and every one of us has been given a ministry, and that ministry is to be filled with the Word of God, to come to that place where we yield ourselves to prophetic understanding and revelation, and then to, by very the very act of our conversation and declarations, uh, declare unto principalities and powers in the heavenly places what is the manifold wisdom of God, and, and that is that their ultimate destruction has been sealed, that their day is coming, and 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 that they um, are going to be ultimately judged and brought down uh, because of what occurred on Calvary and then on the resurrection day, and so we have been given that ministry now, to the intent that by the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known under principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Wow, and uh, that is the manifestation of the prophetic on the earth through correct. the church. As we and declared. this is why, remember what we just said there, is that a rearranging of the order of how prophetic, uh, and we keep using the word prophetic, but I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, but how prophetic information is, is brought forth in the old days, as we were talking about the book of Daniel, when Daniel needed to have prophetic understanding, it had to be brought to him by the angelic creature, Gabriel. Yes. But now, because of, of what Christ has done and destroying the works of the devil and creating a completely new entity, if you will, or personality that had never existed before, which we call the church, brothers and sisters in the Lord, we now have become the ones. It is no longer determinant upon an angel to bring us insight and to bring us revelation and understanding. No, that job has now been given to the to the very members of the body of Christ, 
And that is what he's saying there in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. And we see that principle being played out as we've begun this study today in the book of Revelation, where you see, you see the man and the resurrected God, man, Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father, putting a demand on the Father through intercession. Boom, here comes the answer, 22 chapters of the book of Revelation. He sends and signifies that to uh, to to through the messenger, if you will. Now we can argue and say this is a winged angel. Well, it isn't really, because we, we can show you later in the scripture, if you go over to Revelation chapter 19, exactly who it is that John's talking to here, exactly who brought him the information. And, and those of you who choose to do this a little later, you can look it up in Revelation uh, chapter 19. When John was receiving these incredible revelations, uh, he falls on his face and, and, and tries to worship the messenger that came to him. And the messenger tells him, don't fall down on your face and worship me. See thou do it not. He says, for I am of thy fellow servants, the prophets. So this mm. wasn't an angel. This was a prophet. Yes. So we have so yes. we have a complete rearranging of how uh, the manifold wisdom of God, the mysteries of God, the things hidden in God, our task, our job, our, um, our calling now has been elevated from not the people that receive but the people that of the of the church of Jesus Christ are those that are now Amen. the declarers, the oracles yes. of God, and those that declare under principalities and powers in the unseen world what is the manifold wisdom of God. And he says in verse 11, this was the eternal purpose of God, that he would create such children created in the image of Almighty God, that he would create the church of Jesus Christ, and he did this by what Christ did, right? This is the eternal purpose of God, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So so, <laughs> so we see a rearranging, a whole new way of things uh, being rearranged in how God expresses himself through his children, where in times past, you see it happening, even at the birth of Christ, right? The angels came and revealed to men, the shepherds in the field, remember, they sang, you know, yes. unto you this day is born in the city of David, a king, you know, and so forth and so on. So they bring information to mankind. But now information is not being brought to mankind through the angelic host. No, now a new entity has been created, the church. And the church, when it finds itself in its proper place, become the oracles of God. And we are the ones who now declare unto principalities and powers what is the wisdom of god it's it's an amazing thing uh, uh and and, wow. and one of the aspects yeah. of what what is happening to us wow. praise the lord yeah that's that, that, that's, that's that's a powerful <laughs> powerful truth i hope yeah, the, the listeners can really digest that literally uh what is saying is that uh uh the angels now get the prophetic understanding revelation and an ultimate uh uh, will of God, they understand and they hear it as the church declares it unto powers and principalities. That's what the, that's what the verse is saying. That is powerful, yeah. man. You got to get a hold yeah, of that it. truth. And th and now that now let's let's find uh, do other scriptures bear this out? Yes. Well, what is man? David said, right in one of the Psalms, he said, "What is man that thou art mindful of him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels." Right. For a time, yes, right. Uh, only yes. for a time, but then we're then it's later revealed in scriptures where he says, "Know ye not that you shall judge angels?" 
that the church will be brought into a point where we become the judicial uh, body uh, and extension of the arm of Jesus himself, where we are elevated to a position above all of created order, all created beings, all created principalities and powers. Uh, uh, we become those under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and in, in yielded subjection to the one true King of kings and Lord of lords. We are his, his, his judges over all creation. He sets us over all creation as we yield to him, and, and then his information is to flow through us the manifold wisdom of God under principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And we see that yes. order taking place in Revelation chapter 1. We see it restored. We see exactly uh, that now, so that the information that comes forth into the earth comes forth through the children of Almighty God. And we know in the other scriptures where, I believe it was Peter, didn't he? It was in that, Brother Jeremy, quoted that the other day? Yes, where he says uh, that the angels desire to look into the things which, what, we know. We have information that they don't. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ within them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. Unto whom it was revealed that that not unto themselves, but unto but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. My goodness. So so check this out. This causes the child of God, if he will get a hold of this, to realize what our calling is, what Jesus has done and is doing, what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are doing in working out in us, in preparing in us uh, the mission, the calling, uh, the responsibility that we now have as we grow and mature in the things of God. Paul would go on to say that in the book of Hebrews, right? I believe it's chapter 5. He says, in the time that you... um, you know, that you should have been teachers, you are now uh, those that are still in need of milk and not strong meat. For strong meat belongs to those that are of full age who by reason of use have their senses discerned, uh, exercised to discern both good and evil. So he was, right, and he's he's saying there that we have been called to become the teachers. We have been called to become the disseminators of the manifold wisdom of God, not just to mankind, but to the unseen creatures that exist in all the multiple dimensions that the Father God has created. It is an elevated position of honor that has been given to everyone who has washed their their robes in the blood of Jesus Christ and have become part of the family of God. To the intent also in other places of Scripture, it says that we have been built up to become a habitation for the very Holy Spirit of God himself. It's an incredible thing. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, well, so that's the introduction, our... ladies and gentlemen, right? <laughs> no, no, that's 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 what we need to uh, uh, lay that that foundation to so we can be catapulted to the deeper things of God. Um, yes. And no, incredible job there that you did, just uh, laying down that groundwork. Uh, what was taking place when when the the Apostle John wrote the book of Revelation and how it was given yes. to him. And uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll be able to get into uh, Revelations 13 
as you uh, have a grasp of, of 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 the spiritual things of God. And uh, uh, Pastor Jeremy, if you if you can close this out, uh, I'm excited. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, yeah. I'm excited to get deeper into the Word of God. And I, I want to challenge the person that is listening. Uh, go over this. I know it's a lengthy podcast, but if you need to hear it again, um, hear it again. Uh, I guarantee you, if you didn't get it the first time, you'll get it the second time. Because um, if we sense God's presence, the Bible says that the Spirit will lead you to all truth. And that's what we're trying to, to, to give to you, is the truth. This is what the fivefold ministry is called to, to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and that Jesus Christ is coming again. Amen. And uh, Pastor Jim, if you could close this podcast, I don't know if you guys have any final words um, before we close it out. Brother Marty, Pastor Jeremy. Yeah, let me let me just say this: what you just quoted right there. This is what the fivefold ministry has been given for. People understand this: that that that, that the apostle, the 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 prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, they are not the ones that are are the elevated, the glorified ones within the body of Christ. We have been given, if you are in the fivefold ministry, as a gift to the body of Christ, specifically, even as, if you will, like, like uh, you know, when a soldier joins the army, he goes into what? Basic training. And, and he has what he, you know, what they give him what they call the drill sergeants, right? And they teach them the mm-hmm. basic foundations and principles and all the things necessary uh, to equip them to become an an excellent uh, soldier and, and, and great warrior on the field of battle. It's not the drill sergeant that goes out and engages in battle. His responsibility is to train that soldier and equip him to do the work of the of the army, if you will, and to go into the field of battle as a great warrior and win the victory. Well, that's who you are, church. That is what you are called to do. And the fivefold ministry has been specifically given the Bible says he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for what? For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. So we challenge you to, today to to uh, receive the word of God, to allow the spirit of God to, to train you, to equip you, and to go forth into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and to fulfill that which we were just discussing, uh, which is that we are to bring forth the manifold wisdom of God under principalities and powers and the unseen rulers of the darkness of this world and and those that are in heavenly places to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and that at at, at at his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall Amen. confess that he is Lord. And so we, we thank you for Amen. tuning in today, and we love you with all of our hearts. We will pick up again tomorrow, Lord willing, uh, our study in the book of Revelation. Pastor Jeremy. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you, God, for this opportunity, yes. Lord, to discuss to speak on your on the word of God, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can understand today that according to your word, the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Father, help us to have ears to hear. Yeah. Of eyes to see, Lord, for you are revealing these things to babes, hallelujah, to us. To your church, to you, as as your people, God, and Father, as someone once said, Lord, you are not hiding things from us, 
but you are hiding things for us, for us to search in, Lord. And in this hour, Lord, we believe, God, that that revelation is becoming clear and clear, God, concerning your word. I pray for all the listeners, God, all those that are hearing, wherever they may find themselves, Lord, that that hunger to know the things of God will deepen, that the desire, Lord, to know the things that are to come and the things that are now will grow and grow and that you would lead them, Lord, and, and reveal these things unto all of those, God, who search the word of God, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that we have felt, Lord, and we pray that not one word shall fall to the ground, God, that the word of God will make its way into the hearts and the spirit of men of those that are listening and those that will hear this podcast in the future, God. And Father, help us as in the next coming weeks, in the next coming days, Lord, that you would continue to give us a revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Father, as Paul prayed for, for, for the church, he said, Lord, that you would give us a spirit of, of wisdom, that you would give us a revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he would yeah. say, Lord, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, that we may know our blessed hope. We thank you that we can declare that Jesus Christ is coming back again, Lord. We thank you for this time. We ask you to bless our families, bless those that are listening, their families, Lord, that you would prosper them, Lord, in the word, that you would prosper them, Lord, in Christ Jesus, Lord. We thank you for all that you have done and all that you will do. Lord, we continue to lift up our nation here in America, God, we continue to pray, God, around the world, Lord, as we see things and prophecy being fulfilled, God, help us to keep our eyes open. Help us, Lord, to have ears. And we ask yeah. you this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all name. In Christ yeah. Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We pray that you continue to connect with us until our next uh, podcast. But also you can um you can look us up at www.worldharvestministries.net. And I believe that if when you go to our website, it'll be a blessing to you. You will find some of Brother Marty's preachings and teachings, some of Pastor Fernando's and ourselves and the rest of the World Harvest Ministry uh ministers. And I know that you will be blessed. And you can also connect connect with us through our Facebook page at World Harvest Ministries. And um, may God bless they can you. Also, they can also subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Yes, that's right. Thank you, yes. And how do, how do they do that? Uh, they can go to our uh, website. Uh, there will be a YouTube icon. You can uh, click on the YouTube icon on the top of our website page. Um, and and it, it, it will lead you there. And you're, you're able to subscribe. And, and you'll get the latest messages, podcasts, or whatever it is that we're doing. Um You'll be able to uh, connect with us there as well, as well as on Facebook. Uh, you can email us with any questions that you might have concerning this podcast or just want to give us a praise report uh, at uh, email at, or excuse me, e- info at worldharvestministries.net. That's info at worldharvestministries.net. Amen. Amen. And as always, keep looking at yeah. Keep keep looking up. Amen. God bless you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. God bless you.
Mariah, stay right there, please. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.